Welcome to the Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Graybeal, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Now, here's John. Uh, hey, everybody. This is, uh, I don't think we're supposed to start this podcast with, hey, everybody starts with, hey, everybody. So I'm getting fed up with my son doing that. Hey, Dad. Or don't hey. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Welcome to my podcast. Hello. <laughs> Today is May 12th. Is that right? Yep. May 12th, 2020, Audubon Country Club podcast. Tuesday afternoon. 63 degrees, sunny. It's beautiful. We're in the North Tower. Cars are running. That's the most, that's the best part of the whole thing is we hear race cars in the background. A lot of race. Yeah, yeah this yeah. is like a normal Tuesday. Maybe even more than a normal Tuesday. It's, it's fairly busy out there, and it's also some awesome machinery, too. You know, you got open-wheel cars and P3 and stock cars and Corvettes and Porsches and as you can tell, we have Mr. Mike Ritter on the line today. Hello. Yeah, hey, what? and? Oh, me, Mark McFarland. Yeah, so, hey, I'm John Graybeal. And, hey, I'm Mark McFarland. <laughs> and I'm Mike Ritter. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Today, we're going to talk about racing and race cars and track operations. And everything that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, so Mike Ritter is the track, operation, track operations director. Track operations manager and race director. Track operation manager and race director. That's a title. It's too long. Barely fits on a card. And I believe you are the most recurring guest that we've ever had. I remember on, you saying that last time. I, I it's between him and Kyle. No, him and Kyle. Tabs, well, Kyle, Kyle's like an announcement guy. I'm talking about <laughs> interviewing, like, interviewing <laughs> stuff. Yeah, Kyle would probably be higher than, but that's not. He, as he's far just as here for designated. Is that what you're saying? For giggles. So no, that's not what I meant. Now you're putting words in my mouth. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, wife, that's not what I meant. <laughs> uh, that's what you imply. No, that's not what I even thought. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, so we're back in operations. We opened last Wednesday? Thursday. Last Thursday, Thursday was yeah. the first day, half day on Thursday. My son and I were out here Friday. It was fantastic. It was a little cold, but we had an absolute blast on the north track. South track's open today. Car track opens tomorrow on Wednesday. Well, let's... How's traffic then? Well, so opening day on Thursday was actually pretty busy. We had quite a few cars here. Um, I think as most people know, we're kind of limited to 10 cars on track right at the moment. And Thursday, we actually came up to that point uh, once or twice where we had 10 cars on track. And it was didn't have to make anybody really wait, but we were right at that line. Um, so it was a really great opening day. And I think all the members kind of got the information of you know, the rules we have to abide by and all this kind of stuff. So the members have been really great about the whole thing um, to this day. And then so Friday, you know, it was a little cooler, so it wasn't so busy Friday. Saturday was a very good day. It was a lot of people out here Saturday. And then Sunday it rained, so of course that was a, a little bit lower count too as well. Um, so, you know, big shout out to the members and a thank you to the members for being so patient waiting for this to happen. Um, you know, as you guys all know, it was a lot of work that went into allowing us to open. Um, Tim and Craig especially just worked their butts off to, to make this happen. Um, and the rest of the team, you know, with all the planning and stuff, there was a lot that went into it. So 
very glad to be open um, and very glad to do a podcast today about racing because the last podcast we did was all about the rules and regulations and all that kind of stuff. So today we get to have a little more fun. Uh, but before we even kick things off, I want to publicly apologize to John now because probably three times in a row he tried to get me in and I kind of blew him off at the last minute and some of that was because of the planning that was going on and we were so close to opening and we had to wrap things up like that but so John thank you for your patience you are a wonderful podcast I'm 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 tenacious right I'm, I'm tenacious so I didn't let you it's also there. your producer well, you're, you're back on we need this telling me we could do it now that was a little bit much but, but <laughs> after that it was okay yeah you did answer that <laughs> email pretty late pretty late i didn't expect and it then the one this morning at six fifty-five in the morning you were answering yeah so all it, good. it all worked out we got three people in the same room for first time ever ever Maybe. right yeah being live yes bring live and a co-host yes dual dual coasting operation yeah. so this is this is next level podcast yeah we're, we're moving it up next yeah. thing we'll have music and you know Really? Lights and okay. cameras, you know, the whole thing. You heard it here first. <laughs> Lights and cameras. Um, well, so we had way back in February when we were riding that wave in life, economy, socially, uh, et cetera, um, back in February, we had a, a meeting for a meeting of all the a race meeting. Mm-hmm. And all the members came out. It was a big turnout. It was hundred some people yeah right? something like that it was, it was very crowded uh, it was a great meeting and you know it's funny it's not actually it's not funny but you know back in that meeting in February you know I for one I started the meeting by saying how enthusiastic I was and excited for the season I couldn't wait for it to get going and uh, you know and then the bottom fell out and so this past week I'm in that mode of trying to regain that excitement and that enthusiasm because uh, there was so many great things happening that we talked about in that meeting um, you know, but everything had to be put on hold, and obviously it's gonna it's gonna change a few things this year. That's for sure. Some things are gonna take a little longer to implement, but um, uh, but it's it's that time to get back into the excitement. You know, the fact that we have uh, some racing coming up this this weekend. We've got Miatas, GTs, Radicals, Wings and Things, and karting. So almost everything this weekend. Um, you know, that's gonna be the time to, to feel that rush again and it's all going to come back and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, so in the meeting, there was lots of things discussed. Some of the highlights for me, one was for a long time, we... Oh, that's cool. That's like sound effects. That was, wow. that was cool. Right? Kyle, talking about it. <laughs> Kyle's, like Kyle's trying to get on the podcast. <laughs> Turn it, he got, radio. Name, got his voice on again. <laughs> uh, so that doesn't count as an appearance, by the way. Okay, for <laughs> no. Kyle? No. no. Okay. <laughs> um, let's talk about. We'll come back to. We'll come back to Spec Miatas for a second. So GT racing forever. We had GT one, GT two, GT three, GT four, and GT five. And GT uh, one was the slower cars. GT five was the faster cars. I suppose someone made that so there could be six, seven, and eight is the faster you got to cars, right? I don't know. No, that really <laughs> kind of started over uh, some ideas that we can do whatever we want to and let's be different than everybody else. You know, that was kind of how that was born. Um, you know, it was fine at the beginning, but we've, we've outgrown that now where uh, it makes sense that our numbers are more in line with whatever with what other sanctioning bodies are doing. Um, and so... It's going to take a little bit to get everyone turned around because we're flipping that around now. So, right. you know, GT1 is the fastest cars as it should be. 
um, and on down the line. Um, but actually, even as, as members are contacting me about racing this weekend, they all are referring to the class as the proper way, the new way. Um, so I don't think it's going to add the, the confusion that I thought it was going to initially. I think everybody got it and says, that makes sense. We'll do it that way. Um, so that's a, you know, it's kind of a, just a little twist to add on to things, but uh, it shouldn't. Shouldn't, yeah. it shouldn't affect anybody's racing too much, you know, just because you have a different sticker on your car. I like it now because now we can add slower cars. So we can have a GT6 class, <laughs> so they're really slow cars or slow drive. Actually, the, the, the new car I have, which I'm finally bringing it up to track today, maybe I'll get on the track today, but my new car, it was a GT2.5, so I guess it's still a GT2.5. See, I didn't have to change. GT two and a half. Hmm. I think it was a GT two and a half, and it's still a GT two and a half. Yeah. So right. So when we swapped it, I was fine because I don't know what category Evan had. Does that not... mean it started out as a slower car, but now it's a faster? No, car? it means I haven't had it. put the driver behind the wheel, it gets slower again. I haven't dynoed it yet, so. Okay. Where do you Where do you think it's going to come in? Two and a half. I don't know. It could be two or three. Okay. Okay. God forbid if it's four. I know, less competition for I don't know, maybe. I don't know. You know, it's, it's tough to figure. Um, every year we go in, and I probably haven't heard as much of it this year, but like last year, everyone started changing what class they were going in. So it's not always the same every year, what classes are bigger and smaller. It changed quite a bit last year than what I was expecting. Uh, but we'll see going into this year. You, you just never know, you know. Is weight also accounted for in the class? Yeah, so it's horsepower to weight ratio. Okay. And then there's a couple other factors, whether you have some aerodynamics or running DOT tires, et cetera, things okay. like that, that make minor adjustments to your uh, classification. But the main factors are horsepower to weight ratio. Okay. And Kyle Nato is kind of the ones that heads, heads up. There's a form that you can get on the website and kind of fell yeah. out. I looked at the form and I stared at the form. <laughs> and my eyes rolled back in my head and I couldn't figure it out. And Kyle said, no, it's very simple. And I believe it is for him. So uh, I tried to kind of guess where it would be. Um, based on book numbers, but um, again, I don't know. We'll have I'll have it over yeah, at one of the race shops. Running, you really know where you're at. Um, once you get the dyno and you can actually take the num real numbers and fill in the sheet, it should go pretty well. We're always there to help you if you got. Which one thing I will I will say is Mike, you helped me out when because this it's a Boss 302s Mustang Ford yeah, factory built race car and it. But we don't have any of those in the category. But you were very gracious. You spent some time with me. I remember you were very gracious to take my phone call in the off-season when I was asking you about, you know, which direction to go. And you were, you were very nice. Said, oh, yeah, I want to see that car in the racetrack. Let's see what happens. Because yeah. no one's raced one here, I don't think, in this ca in kind of a st stock factory one yet, right? So and we don't know where to go. it's yellow. Oh, bright yellow. It's color. Pernelli, Pernelli, Pernelli Jones yellow, I guess. So school that, bus that's yellow. worth a couple bonus points right there. Just, just has some color. Just has some color. Yeah, yeah. I did. we were talking earlier, I've been saying for years, we need more colorful cars. You know, race cars should be bright, day-glow colors. So they show up well on TV, right? Like the old Marlboro cars. Yeah. Uh, so we, we can always use some color around there. So you already got an advantage. <laughs> and Mitchell told me to put, I got numbers. My neighbor cut me some numbers. So I put some numbers on. He goes, hey, put one, my son Mitchell, put one on your roof so the drone knows who, so the drone gets your that's number. That's right. See? And I said, ooh, that's a good that's, idea. He's got it. Start advertising on that, baby. So I put, podcast. Yeah. I put, put, put the, the Audubon podcast on logo. The <laughs> on the top. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Right, so what's the going rate to put the podcast logo on in, in your car? That's we, we'll discuss offline. <laughs> <laughs> that is an offline discussion. Uh, uh, but, so. at, but actually, and we'll, we'll get to this a little later, but 
that kind of stuff, hopefully, as we grow this series, uh, that's actually going to become relevant and important. So we'll get into that a little later. Uh, okay, so GT, I guess we'll stick with GT race. So we switched the numbers in GT racing. Um, Miata, or uh, I shouldn't say Miatas, but it's not spec Miatas, but like the MX-5 type cars, 944s type cars, Porsche 944s will be GT5, where the super fancy, like the GT1s are like the Ferrari, Porsche Cup car, Ferrari, Challenge cars. The new Autobahn, the, that one that you could have bought. That's it. Uh, yeah, the Audi. Is that a GT1? That would be GT1? Uh, no, no, I think it's no, a actually GT. It not. No, so I don't think the, it is. The it's two, a three or two. two versions there. The slower version would be our new GT4, and the fast version, I think, was a GT2? Comes so out in like 650, I, I think. I remember I did I the numbers so. there. Yeah. I think so. Um, it would, But either way, it would fit well within our series, so... I don't know when you're going to take delivery of yours. Yes. Have you put your order in? Yeah. <laughs> I'm ordering two. Okay. <laughs> Got to have it back. Got to have it back. Just when I hit the ball. And you have one in each color. Right. Depending one red, one, one black. Right. One red, one black. <laughs> so. so Not, no silver one? <laughs> um, Sorry, that goes back to our conversation. I know. Um, so what other changes are there to the GT program? Um... That, that's it for GT. Yeah, GT so that's is pretty solid. Uh, so uh, we've. Um, is there a member group like there is for Spec Miatas? Is there a member overseer type? Well, so that brings club? up a good point. So after the racer meeting that we had, one of the things that came up during that racer meeting was uh, some issues with the SM2 group. And I will be the first to admit that I, I missed the mark on what some of those guys wanted. And so some of them were not happy with what I said during that meeting. Um, and, of course, you know, this series is, is for the members. So, you know, I, I li- after, afterwards I listened to them and, and knew what they wanted. Um, but it, it, it really struck out at me at that moment that we have so many drivers now. We had 160, 170 different drivers participate wow. in our racing last year. Holy cow. So it's a, it's a lot of people. And so heading up to that racer meeting... I had sent some some questionnaires, you know, some some emails out uh, with some feedback, but I got so much feedback that clearly I wasn't able to uh, read read through it all correctly and know what the guys wanted, particularly those guys in SM2. So, long story short, what came out of there um, was a need to have some more voices. So, we formed uh, the racer committee. So, the racer committee is uh, Charlie Margosian takes care of the GT guys. Philip Francesco is going to organize the Wings and Things guys. Louis Schreiber is uh, communicating for the Radicals. And Bill Hamill will be SM2, and Scott Bowman will be regular Spec Miata. So the idea behind that is that those guys can be the voice for their groups. So instead of me getting, you know, 170 emails <laughs> that I have to try and sort through and remember what, you know, it, it literally got to the point I was, I was writing out a chart of, you know, okay, this guy, chart. Has, yeah, this guy has this opinion, this opinion, what direction are we going? So now they can, they can flow all that information through their, their group representative, and that group representative can just be a voice for them for me to listen to so I know what that group wants and needs and that kind of stuff so that, uh, you know, whatever decisions I have to make, can be in line with what the members want to do and where they want the series to go. So I think that's really going to be a helpful thing. It's been some time coming, and um, you know, particularly in the last couple of years, the racing has grown so much that uh, it's time to delegate some things out. 
Um, so it, it's going to be helpful, and I, Kyle's doing a lot more for me this year. Um, it, from the racing aspect, of course, he's always been doing things for me. Uh, so he's going to be more involved with some things, and we've got this racer committee group. So I really think uh, the communication is going to be a lot better, and I'll, I'll be able to better decipher what everyone needs, and we can head in the right direction. Kyle Nato, the your assistant race director. Assistant track manager. Assistant, yeah. assistant track manager, sorry. And, um, <clears throat> okay, wow, yeah. So that's the race group. So any perspective questions be great for them to handle and bring cons concerns, ideas, and everything. And their uh, emails were all listed on the Autobot website and as well as... They the, have all reached out to their groups. Perfect. So they've each created uh, an email Perfect. You know, group chain that everyone can respond to. Then they meet like quarterly with you, week, monthly? No, there's there's no really no set schedule. Um, but with everything that's been happening this spring, yeah. it's a good example of it really came in handy because uh, I've been talking to them and um, you know threw out some ideas of when do we want to go racing? Are, are people going to be ready even if we do it this weekend? Uh, so they could reach out to their people and give me feedback right away. And it actually was a lot smoother process. Um, you know, as we go on, we'll figure it out a little bit better. Sure. But, but so far, it's worked very well. Uh, and we wings and things being uh, Formula Mazda, Pro Mazda, really any kind of formula, formula car, type so any car, open wheel, open cockpit type of car uh, should fit into that. I think we're going to see a resurgence with that this year. We have several new members that have bought Pro Mazdas, uh, either from either cars that were existing on property here or elsewhere. And we have a pretty good number that's going to run the Formula Mazda guys. So actually this afternoon, uh, down at Havoc Motorsport, uh, we're going to have a meeting with those guys. I'm not sure how many people are going to be on property. The rest are going to you know, zoom, <laughs> zoom in, whatever. Uh, and we'll see where that group wants to head. Now, some of those, there's going to be, to start out with, there's going to be a big disparity in experience level in a lot of the guys. You know, some of the ones that were racing our, our Wings and Things series a couple years ago, they've got a lot of experience in these cars. And probably 50% or more of this group that's coming up has very little experience in them. So it'll be a matter of the, the veteran guys really kind of helping those other guys along. And so the first race, I'm sure, will probably really take it easy. I'm not going to say it's going to be exhibition, uh, but the, the word's going to go out to these guys that, you know, these are open-wheel cars. We've got to, you know, mind our P's and Q's and make sure we just get through these first couple races nice and safe. And there's a couple guys that have to get their licenses yet. Uh, but... To see a resurgence of that series, I think is going to be great because we like to, you know, we want to be the place to race. We are the greatest motorsports experience you can have. And we also are one of the only places where we have all these different series, GTs, Miatas, Rallycross, Autocross, karting, and open wheel series is a part of that. So I really want to see this pick up and go because it's, it's if we weren't, if we didn't have an open wheel series, um, we'd be, that'd be an element we'd be missing. So it's important. And speaking of the open wheel and karting, I remember Kyle sent out an email that the winner, the top driver for karting in the senior, will get a free ride to test a Formula Mazda car with yeah. Havoc. So Havoc has some, Havoc Motorsports, Joey Lift, they have some really great ideas for this year, and uh, I'm excited about it. So yeah, the, the top driver in the Ignite senior class. Right. Also, the top driver in Miata will get an open-wheel test, um, but he also has an arrive-and-drive program. So let's say you're interested in trying a formula car, but you're not sure. Um, you can do some test days with him, but you can also do race days with him as well, too, where it's arrive-and-drive. You don't have to worry about buying a car. 
you just say, Jody, I'm, I'm going to do this race this weekend. And if we have a whole bunch of those guys, um, he's got a plan already set in place where you go rotate three cars. You'll have the same car for the day, but the next right. race you'll have a different car. So you can't say one car is better than the other. Uh, it's truly set up as an arrive and drive for those who want to try their hand at open wheel racing. Um, so that's, I mean, that's an incredible opportunity, but it's also uh, what a very cool thing to have on property. Yeah. Here. You know, another thing that our shops are offering. It's just, it's just really neat. And more of them coming involved, being even more involved mm -hmm. so that just being the shop out in the corner. Right, exactly. They were. Yeah, they are kind of buried out in the corner, but they are our open wheel specialists. Yeah. And so it's a benefit to them as well, too, if the open wheel series gathers some steam and we get a lot more guys involved in that as well. That's going to benefit them. Yep. You know, Havoc's an important part of the the whole club here. All, all our shops are. We need all of them. Um, so we need to support all of them. So this is, it, it's all good. Yeah, that's a pretty unique thing. I think that's a that's an awesome producer, Mark. What do you think? Awesome idea for another podcast. We talk about the open wheel, open wheel arrive and drive, Definitely. drive such yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, so we might I might drop my son off over there to, so we can listen to the his dream is to just to go from a cart to a. Well, as, as I said today, there there's a new opening in Ferrari. Mr. Vettel retired. Yes. So are we retired? He, yeah. He, well, not retired. He's retired. He he said he's not going to join Ferrari for 2021. Daniel Ricard. So this so, is not, this becomes a, the Audubon <laughs> slash Formula One park. But Daniel, hey, there Daniel could Ric be a driver out here at the Audubon that, you know. I assume Daniel Ricard is moving to Ferrari. There could be, a, many people could be moving to Ferrari, but it could be an could Audubon. It could be me, I just haven't told you yet. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Ah, uh, Formula One, I miss it. Um, so, so that's very interesting that, and I, well, I hope to see that grows. And I don't know if I've ever seen of actually wings and things race here. I'm not sure that. And, and that well, so, you know, it used to be pretty big. We'd get 12 to 15 cars. When we first started, we were all using the standard Formula Mazda, and that's what we would call the Senna Series, and everyone put the historic paint jobs on. That's why you see a lot of the Formula Mazda cars ah. around here oh. with an old F1 livery or an old IndyCar livery. Uh, that was a fun thing we did with those guys. That's why we called it the Senna Series. It was kind of a throwback. But uh, that series was going well, and then some guys got into Pro Mazdas, and Radicals came on board, and you know the other series were doing well. So it kind of splintered a little bit, um, but we still have some you know purists, I'll say, that, that want to get back to these cars, and we have a whole influx of new guys that are interested in doing it. So it's pretty exciting to, to see that coming. And so this first race year, we'll definitely have uh, enough cars for a race, and depending on the weather, we'll see how the weather goes. But uh, as the year goes on, I think we're going to get more and more of these guys involved, and I, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to build as the year goes on and, and really be good. Cool. So the, uh, speaking of weather, so and, and on this, so GT cars racing in weather, spec me out in the weather. And well, there's always wet. Weather. There's always, always thank you. Weather, yes. <laughs> there's always weather. Um, wet conditions, spec me out as race. GT cars race, the wings and things race. Radicals do not race in the Yes, they do. They do race in the yes. rain. And, and Carts now race in the rain. Yeah. I can give you the easy answer by saying... We all race. We all race in the if rain. If it's got okay. an engine and okay. we're racing it, right. we're racing it in okay. rain. Yeah. Wet snow, I guess, is the only thing we won't race in. Well, I've raced we've probably done that. <laughs> hey, yes, did we chase raced in the snow. Yeah. We chased wow. raced in the snow. Yeah. Yep. And, rain? Uh, was, it, was it last year or was it two years two ago? Two years ago. We had a radical race on the oh. whole track. The race started in the sun, then it started to rain. Then it started snowing so hard. I think that was last year. We had to go full course yellow because yeah. visibility was terrible. Oh, my gosh. We went full course yellow for about two or three laps, and we were watching the radar very closely, and I took a bit of a risk. The, the cars were out on south track, and I said, 
pace car's coming in this time. And by the time the pace car came in and we went to green, the snow had cleared up. By the time we finished that next lap, the sun was back out again. So we covered like four seasons within half a race. Welcome to Illinois. Yeah, so it was crazy. But uh, yeah, so back to the, the rain racing. Uh, carts are going to race in the rain this year as well, too. So uh, a new challenge for everybody, but, but rain's the, the great equalizer. You can't, you know, you can't blame a lack of horsepower if you're not keeping up in the rain. There's an art. It's, yeah. Oh, where did you get that from? The art of racing in the rain? Rain. Just oh, watched really? it. Really? Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. a tearjerker. Uh, it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. <laughs> 250's gorgeous, yeah. by the way. Um, so, yeah, everyone everyone races in the rain. You know, it's funny. So, even when, when Miata was the first group that was going to race in the rain. So, the first rain race we had, we probably had, I'm guessing, 25 guys sign up, and maybe 12 of them came out to actually race, you know? But the rest of the guys watched and thought, you know, okay, that, that actually can be done. So the next one was a little more, a little more, a little more. And we've got to the point now with Miata is that if it's raining, it's not even part of the discussion. We don't even really talk about it because you know everyone's going to be there. Everyone's racing. They know what to do. And it went through that same process with GT as well, too. So for several years, we didn't race in the rain. Uh, and then we had that first rain race, and only a couple guys did it. And then more and more got used to it. And now it's not even that big a deal with the GT guys. You might have a couple guys drop out if they just don't have rain tires. Uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't kill the race by any means. And Radicals came along, so uh, probably just this last year or two, where they started racing in the rain as well, too. And again, the same thing. So there's only been a few of them that have done it. Um, but I would imagine by this year as we go on, probably more and more are going to do it. And you get to realize that, you know, it's it's really not that big a deal. You have to take a, a different approach to it. And, uh, you know, I've had guys tell me, you know, I go out in the rain and, you know, I just have no traction. I have to, I have to go slow through the corners. And I said, yeah, so what you're telling me is it's raining you have to slow down. Yeah, that's what you have to do. You have to go slower. Yeah. And, you know, for some people, it's never dawned on them that I have to slow down. I can't go as fast as I would before. And once you recognize that, it can actually be a lot of fun because you know the car can slide around a little bit, and car control becomes you know ultra different lines. Uh, yeah, different lines. And our instructors, uh, you know, Tony. Tony's great for instructing people in the rain. Um, I won't give his, his secrets away, but I've, I've watched it several times, and he's got some good tips he can give people. So, I mean, there's there's a way to do it. Good. Yeah. Uh, speaking of instructors, Tony yeah. Kester, uh, Tom Bagley today. Just announced his retirement. That's right. That's amazing. So, how long yeah, has so he been here? Tom has been 14 here years. before the track was done. So, while it was still being developed, wow. Tom was involved. So, really, when you say day one, day one for Tom, uh, he is... I'm almost positive he's the first employee of Autobahn. So he's, he's 001, <laughs> his employee number. So, yeah, he's been here since the beginning. And, you know, just the, the impact he's had on this place, you know, you can't really measure it. You know, when someone's been there since the inception of something, you know he's got his, his, his fingerprints are all over this place, you know. So, uh, you know, we wish Tom the best in uh, his retirement. You know, I'm sure he's going to be out here racing. We're going to see him all the time, so it's not like he's Yeah, I guess he was here. out here in his red Miata. Oh, yeah, first first day open, he had both <laughs> his cars out. He's driving. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's racing this weekend, but I know he's getting his cars going, and he'll be around because he and his wife, Sally, are, are still members. They've been members for a long time. So I would imagine uh, we'll be seeing quite a bit of them, especially when, you know, all the rest of this stuff that's going around in yeah. the world right now clears up a bit. So you got a favorite memory of him? Of Tom? Uh, <laughs> well, Tom and I worked pretty closely. Uh, so, so I started, you know, when the track opened, the first day it opened, 
Um, my first memory of Tom was calling him up completely out of the blue and uh, so, uh, so who I am and I'm interested in learning about the place and really his first reaction was and this was this was maybe a week before the soft opening in October of 2004 and he just said yeah we need some help come on out Kate <laughs> came out that day and best just, interview ever yeah, just helped whatever I, whatever I could do and everything went on from there wow um, so yeah I mean you know there's been a, a lot that's happened since then that's for sure um, I'm, I'm struggling to think of like one one particularly great memory um, you know I, I, I don't know well I know Tom Tom was uh, our, the first racing we did was with BMW Z3s so Stradale had BMW Z3s I think they're still selling yeah I think they still have a couple <laughs> around yeah and Tom Tom put that together as like an IROC series okay so drivers were going to change cars and all this kind of stuff uh, and that was really kind of the first first organized race we did. We've done some exhibition races before that. Um, so that, that was a good one for sure. Good. I remember the, well, Tom's been with my riding with my son. First rallycross, first day of rallycross, probably 2016 or 17. I'm not sure which, which year, but he jumps in the rallycross car with my 12 year old son and zips around the we had we had two i think we had six four and a half six inches of stuff in the seat to lift my son up so that you know of course he's sitting on top of the steering wheel to reach to reach the pedals and so he he ran he ran with that signed him off said he's okay shockingly um and then i bought rain i bought well he's used to driving this car my son was the next year he's used to driving or that's that was in the winter, and I think this was the spring. And I was used to driving this car. I said, I'll just get regular rain, uh, ra- uh, race tires for the our Ford um, Focus SVT there. I'll just get regular you know, racing tires for it. And, you know, it's got adjustable suspension and everything else. It's going to be great. So we <laughs> put poor Tom. So Mitchell shows up, my son. He's, come on, Tom, get in the car. So he gets in the car. <laughs> the second they get out... And they, of course, in Rallycross, they're not going very fast. But it's a dirt track. The second they get to about 60 miles an hour, the dust simultaneously <laughs> lets go from every inch of that car. <laughs> and there is a huge cloud of dust is on the inside of the car. And you see it was like pig, watching Pigpen drive a car. You see this dust coming out of the car. We come back in, and Tom gets out, and he is covered, you know, wearing relatively nice clothes. Yeah. He is covered head to toe and does. He takes his hat off, and he's, like, dusting his pants off and stuff. And he's politely, very politely said to me, um, any chance we can get this clean before I have to get in it again? <laughs> well, we'll definitely, we would love to have Tom on the show again, and we'd love to hear some great stories. And yeah, with the racing resume he has, I'm sure he has some some great stories, and he can... More of a tell, story tell a time. More of a story ago. time than a yeah. Than a, just an interview. Just you know, pro- probably my my favorite memory of time that I'll hold on to is it's kind of what you're saying is the look on his face before he gets in a car with someone and when he gets out of the car, with someone, <laughs> but also the look on his face when he's driving himself. And I'm just, he, he just looks like he'll he'll never get tired of driving. He always looks he's a so, kid. He looks so happy when he when he's driving and he's just he's just got a smile on his face and yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. Uh, so moving on to spec Miata racing, we have two categories of spec Miata. One's called SM2, and that is for well, we've kind of we've covered this in depth in a podcast. So you can go back. 
I think it was last year we kind of covered this because I was rather confused, SM2 or Spec Miata. But real quickly, SM2 is... So SM2 is really designed for less experienced guys, guys that can't put in the, the full effort for to, to run at the front of Spec Miata. Um, you know, they're not rebuilding their motors twice a year, uh, buying new cars, etc. You know, so it's for guys that, um, that, that know they're for whatever reason that they're not going to be able to run at the front um, they can have a championship among themselves that was SM2 and how you qualify for, or how you are eligible for SM2 was one of the things that came out of that racer meeting and so there were a lot of great ideas of how to quantify that you know whether it's uh, you know by lap time etc that kind of stuff your experience level and you know I'll be honest with you they're, they're good ideas, uh, and it still needs to be explored a little bit more. I don't think it's going to be a concern at the beginning of the season here because we probably had eight to ten guys maybe step up out of SM2. Uh, maybe that number's a little a little high. I'd have to check it again. Uh, but everyone that was part of that concern of whether they should be in SM2 or move up has moved up. So I, I think our Spec Miata class is going to be just as big, if not bigger, than SM2 this year. Um, so that that should help because I don't think there's anyone in that in that zone where you know we can't decide which way they should go. And when we get to that that time frame, some of the ideas that have been uh, presented, I'm going to track those as the season starts and say, okay, if if we were using this, how would this apply to this guy or how would it apply to this guy, and see if it makes sense. And when we get to that point mid season or something, if someone's really standing out in SM2 and it's clear okay, this guy needs to move up. Uh, you know, we'll go, go ahead and make that move. And some, sometimes it disappoints somebody if they, if they have to move up, but it really is a badge of honor that, you know, we, we think you're, you're ready, you're, you're good enough, you should be in, in this other level here. So we'll see how the season goes, and then those ideas that have been posted, if they, if they pan out to, to really make sense, then maybe we'll get something down in paper uh, where you know, okay, these are the exact rules. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be that easy to, to actually write out a rule because it should be a little bit flexible depending on the situation and who it is. And that SM2 group is member, over, there's an over, uh, what's the word on the third? It's overseen by overlord. the member. No, overlord. No, it's an overlord. Uh, it's, it's, over, it's overseen by the member, a member committee. Is that, yeah, is so, that so how, how do we Hamel, describe Phil that? Hamill is the, uh, the communicator now for SM2. And in the past, it's been like, like Brad Beal was instrumental in that, Mark Sadowski, um, as kind of just organizing that group. And so that was fine how it started because it was, uh, it was almost voted on as a group who should be in and who shouldn't. Um, but we've gotten to the point now, especially because we have a lot of new members that are in SM2 that, that weren't around when this first started as somewhat of a gentleman's agreement, that it needs to be, it needs to be clarified a little more with some, some actual rulings. Um, so... Like I said, as the season goes on and we see how these ideas play out, we will uh, implement something like that where it's, it's more clear-cut and it's not just on a vote or a feeling or something like that. And any changes to SM2 or SM1 that... No. Rules-wise? Yeah, rules-wise, yeah. Uh, just minor things. So last year we allowed the use of a different hub for Miatas. Uh, there's a very specific one that's written into the rule book. That company has now produced a rear hub, so they make both fronts and rears, so that will be allowed. Um, and there's a new shock 
Is that right or something? So last year we also allowed, so we, we, we generally follow what SCCA does, and SCCA allowed the Penske shock last year. So uh, we allow that as well too. Hoosier also has an upgrade to the tire. That's right. Um, so from the SM, or from the SM7 to 7.5, uh, both of those will be allowed this year. So you, no, no one has to make a move on that, but eventually the old one probably won't be available, so you won't have any choice to make a new one anyways. Um, and then for this first race that we have coming this weekend, the tire allotment, because we, we restrict Spec Miata drivers to 16 tires per year, this first race, we're not going to count against that allotment, um, mostly because we're going to have enough on our plate because we have to split it into heat races, and you know we have to keep our distances, and we have a limited number of cars on track. There's enough going on that uh, I just want to bypass that and not worry about stamping 30 cars worth of sets of tires. Uh, so it's just I want to take that element out of it for the time being, because we also have some new cars coming in that need annual inspections, um, but with the social distancing, you know, we also don't want to have to do uh, new inspections for every car. So a car that has the 2019 inspection sticker on it is going to be good for these first couple races um, until things relax and get caught up on everything. Uh, but if it's a brand new car that we've never seen before, those are the ones we want to focus on to do an annual inspection. So we've seen the car, we know what it is, we know the belts are safe, etc. And how do you schedule, so we have a new car that you've not inspected or seen, how do you schedule that or do you... So what we're going to do for this weekend is we'll cone off a spot outside the tech building and um, I'll, I'll announce some times of when it's going to be and Joe will be around and a driver can come. Joe's the inspector. Joe's our, Joe's our technical inspector. Uh, someone can drop off their car in that area and walk away from the car. And Joe can come and do his inspection. Um, is that he, something we don't schedule? Not, you can schedule it, you know. Yeah, we're not racing this weekend, but that's just going to gum up stuff if we bring it over. Or is this the time because Joe's going to be here? Is this the time to do it? Better to do it sometime during the week, myself or Kyle or Tony. Okay. We'll do it during the week. Okay, so, yeah. okay. okay, gotcha. Uh, maybe, yeah, that's totally maybe fine. this afternoon we can do it for you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Trailer's right out there. We can back Mitch, push it out. And Mitchell's, dying to, Mitchell's dying to get it. Wait, is there a weight, a met, met minimum weight for the cart, for the Miatas? Yes, yep. Okay, so he's dying to get his. He might need to put so, some lead in that so car. So it depends yeah, on what you your car is, but it, it's all in the rule book. Uh, the rule book gets updated basically every year, and this past year or two, it really got revamped and redesigned to be a little more reader friendly, so to speak. Uh, but I would encourage everyone to read through the rule book. Um, there's changes every year that go in there, and a driver is responsible for knowing that stuff. So if something happens during a race and they say, "Well, I didn't know." Well, you should not have gotten your license unless you read and understood the rule book. So it's, it's Speaking of getting a license, so we are planning on having a race license meeting class this month. Correct. The 20, is it next weekend? So on the, on the 26th and 27th is 26th. the first race school. So one of, the things, work? one of the things with the race school is, is uh, you know, that was part of the excitement of going into this year is, um, the race school is all redesigned, so it's going to be a two-day course right now that Tony will lead, and it's all part of uh, our vision of you know driver development. You know, taking these young guys from carts all the way through our series, and they can go on to professional series, uh, which we have several guys doing this year as well. But that will be the that will be the first race school uh, at the end of the month here, and um, you know we do have several new members that need to get their their licenses, so I would contact Tony Kester directly. Uh, he needs to know that there's enough interest, and so he can plan and organize how many people are going to be there. 
And it's always helpful to have a couple veteran guys around. So when we do the practice starts and practice races, a lot of times the veteran guys will come out and they'll help. So there's more cars and they get that feel of being in traffic. That's always helpful. Um, so uh, I think Tony has a, an all-new curriculum for that. Uh, probably not all-new, but probably added on to what was previously there. Uh, so with the goal of uh, drivers being even better prepared by the time they do their first race. And that's going to be based on social distancing as well then, right? With the class at the end, based if the state changes, there is, hopefully. and those There's things. that classroom portion of it quite a bit. Yeah, there's a classroom yeah. portion of it. Uh, I would have to refer directly to Tony and yeah. how he plans to handle that. Um, now, if there's, you know, because of everything going, that's going on, if there's low interest in the school, sure. you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he has to change the data or something like that. Sure. Uh, but I'd refer to Tony for that. you got to be fluid. But, but anyone who needs a license, at least at least let Tony know. Even if you can't make that date, let Tony know, hey, I'm, I'm on that list of people that need a license. So he knows what the, what the needs are out there so he can better adjust. Good. And karting. This license weekend. is there, too. Karting license there. That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Explain a little bit. So now all of our previous carters are being grandfathered in. So Mitch, for example... Um, doesn't have to get a license. He's he's already experienced enough. To we'll do discuss that. Spencer and myself though. <laughs> well, you notice I didn't mention that. Uh, <laughs> I was I self suspended myself two years ago. For there, there, are, there are certain people <laughs> that took my license away directly. That, uh, we're going to have to have a discussion with. That's why uh, I do the chase race? Yeah, but we want to implement the same thing down there where uh, we know that the people entering their first kart race have some level of experience that an instructor or Alan or somebody is, is writing off on it. Okay, this guy is ready to go race, and we're not just throwing someone out there who's had their cart for two days and done two laps and decides they want to race. So it's in the name of safety. It makes it for better competition. Um, those guys that are out there racing, uh, they appreciate that because you, you have a better trust in the people that are around you. Um, so that should be good. I don't think uh, this first race is on Sunday. Uh, we probably don't have too many new people that we're going to enter that race anyway, so probably everyone qualified for that sure. is going to be grandfathered in. Um, but that'll that'll all be implemented. You know, of course, in February we had all this planned <laughs> out and dates and everything was set and we were good to go and everything has changed since then. Uh, so it's throwing a lot of uh, twisting things. Uh, so. Uh, but we'll we'll get there. It's just one of those delay things that we got to catch up on these things. And there will be a karting, a racing karting, kart racer meeting. Still, that was supposed to happen. Yes. Have already right. So yeah. that was going to be postponed until the beginning of the year. Yeah. And, and, and along with that, you know, we we normally have our annual member meeting. That's uh, right. Yeah. So usually we do that before the season opens. This year we were going to change it up a little bit. We had a great plan to do it yeah. uh, a couple weeks in. And while love, we were open, the plan. Cars right. were yeah. track, and it was, a, it was a great and glorious great plan. plan. It would have been the most wonderful day ever. No. Uh, so that didn't happen either. So in the annual member meeting, um, which is it's an important thing because uh, you know, members want to be updated on how the club is doing and um, you know, all, those, all those sorts of things. It may end up being uh, it may end up being a podcast type thing or a video or something like that. So uh, we got to figure that one out yet. Yeah, and um, so with that, lots of racing this weekend. If you're kart racing, that's the new thing. Bring your rain tires. What about guests coming out to watch oh, the races? Oh, that's a good point. So right now our limitations we're really only open for members only. So we're requesting no guests. Um, that goes to guest drivers. That means no passengers in cars unless it's an immediate family member, and they're, so they're also a member. Um, that's going to be very dependent on you know which way the state goes for sure. 
So we're in phase two now, is that what we're in? Yes. And we're, we're hoping for phase three to open things up a little bit. Phases um, are what our governor has designated as a five-phase plan to get, right. quote, unquote, reopened. So we're... Yeah. So, you know, some other things are still not active as well. Touring laps, uh, we're not doing touring laps. So eventually we'll probably phase in touring laps in your own car. Um, but then there's a lot of logistics that come in when you add the next step of touring in our fleet cars because now the cars have to be disinfected. Every time someone gets in those cars, you've got to go through a disinfecting process. Um, so we're, we're still working on those details and how those things are going to go. For this weekend, uh, I would ask that everyone keeps their, their, number, their, their fans down to a minimum. You know, I know a guy like you, you have a whole throng that comes with you. Oh, yes. You, you know, should see, you should see producer Mark. No, that's the court, that's Cortez. No, he's got, oh, he's got team yeah. shirts. He's got. I got logo now. I'm logo. all, I'm pro now. We got a Banners, team logo. A sprinter van. Yeah, sprinter van. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, but the Cortezes were, were a great example. Yes. Uh, well, the Rhodes. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole family comes out. 27. Yeah, that's uh, fantastic. Yeah, and unfortunately, I, we're not going to be able to do that this time because we really need to keep those numbers to, to a minimum. And even the, the car races. So up here, when we do the podium celebrations, you know, we're going to have to do, everyone can be in their position on the podium, but we won't do that photo of everyone together on the top. Right. Because um, we, you know, we have to keep our distances and sure. certainly, you know, we have to be aware of optics as well. So we also can't have 100 people gathered around the, to the watch. podium. Yeah, watch so the maybe if everyone spreads out in the paddock yeah. and watches from a distance, you know, that would be fine. So, yeah, there's a lot of unique challenges of, of what we're going through. And, uh, yeah, I kind of refer back to, to what I said when we first started. The members have been great about this whole thing. I mean, they're, they're just happy to be able to come out and drive, you know, and they're they're happy that the, the club is surviving as well, too. Yeah. You know? and there's a lot and of thriving. Not only surviving, but thriving. There's a lot of businesses that this has hurt. And... Uh, you know, it's a credit to the, the whole management team around here that we spent a lot of time developing our processes. And you know, even even down to the different signs you see around here and all the sanitizing stations and all that kind of stuff, it, it took a lot of planning to get that all in place. And the, the members, getting back to that, have been so patient and so gracious about the whole thing and they're abiding by all the rules. Um, so they're just going to be a little more patient before they can have their fans come out and their guests <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Uh, but, you know, yeah. in time, we'll, we'll phase that in. Uh, a, you know, when we're allowed to by the state for sure. Uh, and B, you know, when we're ready for the processes, we make sure we've got everything okay. set to do it safely. Now, back up real quick. Let me interject. You mentioned we're going to do heat races. For yeah. So kind of walk us through all that. So details for this weekend. This weekend is going to be pretty unique. Obviously, we're put in a situation where we had to change things because... While we brag about our 30-plus Miatas per race, <laughs> yeah, you know, Governor Pritzker said, no, 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 yeah. So we've got to do something a little different. So we're going to do heat races for Miatas this weekend. So that means, that means, so, so even starting from the beginning, everything's changed because we can't do a driver's meeting either, you know. Wow. So, so I sent the information out, and one thing I want to encourage all the racers who are listening if you don't get those racer emails from me that lay out, laid out our plans and have the schedules and stuff like that, make sure you let me know so you can get on that distribution list. Uh, I sent it out uh, Saturday, Friday, Saturday I sent it out. And uh, since then, there's probably been at least 10 people that have contacted me and said, I, I haven't gotten that. So maybe they changed their email address. Maybe they were never on the list. But I would encourage everyone, if you're a racer, make sure you get that on that distribution list for those emails. So I sent the information out, 
and it's almost a, a prelim, it's a supplemental regulations of what we're going to do. So I'll still have to do some kind of virtual driver's meeting. It may end up being a video and I'll just send a link out. Um, but in that information I did send out, um, as you sign up for the race, you're going to be assigned a practice group, a practice and a qualifying group. So I put three groups expecting we would get maybe close to 30 cars. Right now we're at, uh, I think we're at 18 cars, so we're almost working into that third group of, sure. of people when sign up. So on the schedule, then you'll see you're going to go out in practice group one, which means you'll also qualify in practice group one. And on you know, group two, group three, then we'll take all the qualifying, and the fastest driver will be on pole for race number one, for heat number one. The second fastest driver will be on pole for heat number two, and the third fastest driver will be on pole for heat number three. I'm down the line, fourth, fifth, and sixth. sixth Follow you. I'm down the line. Uh, and then we'll run the heat races, and from those heat races, the top three in each heat race will advance to the final. That'll make nine, nine positions. The tenth position will fill up with the fastest, with the, with the, drive, with the remaining driver with the fastest race lap. Gotcha. will advance to the final as well. So that'll make our 10 cars. Then when we run that, fi- that heat, that final race, those drivers will be our top 10 positions. So they'll get scored first through 10th points-wise. And then the remaining people that were left in the heat races, so all, all the fourth-place finishers will get 11th-place points. All the fifth-place finishers gotcha. will get on down the line. Um, so I think that'll be a pretty fair way to do it. The feedback I've gotten from the racers when I sent that out has been very positive. Uh, most of them really like the idea. They think it's a, a fun change and a cool thing to do. Some of them said, you know, it's great, it's fun. Well, let's not do it when we don't have to. You know, but they understand we've got to make some changes. So it's, it's going to be different. Uh, it's going to be exciting. So on the same day, we're also doing GT. And GT, much easier to split up because you have the classes. Right. So we'll take our, our GT... Uh, one through three, I forget if I split it one through three or however, however we did it, but we can break up the classes. So obviously our GT5 is usually our biggest class, um, and we can make we can make changes depending on how many entries we get. So if we get another big class, we can always change how we split that up. But we'll have at least two GT races with um, a couple of classes in it each, and then, of course, they're racing against their own class, so they can get normal points. But the interesting thing is, so we've got... One, you know, essentially on the schedule, it's one Miata race and one GT race, but it's going to take the whole day to do it. Because <laughs> different groups of practice, different groups of qualifying, all these heat races. You're going to run both tracks at the same time then? So the racing will be on the south track, and regular member lapping will be on the north track. And it actually works out really well because then the north track shouldn't be overwhelmed either uh, where we get to that 10 limit. So that, that's going to work out uh, pretty good. And then on Sunday, it'll be the same thing. So the radicals and the open wheel guys will be racing on the south track with their practice sessions, and then regular lapping can take place on the north. And as we continue on through the rest of this month, that's probably something we're gonna do on the weekends anyways, because we have that 10 limit. So even in the following weekend, when we don't have any races, we're gonna have both tracks open, but we'll make one track very heavy on uh, however it's gonna work out. So one day it might be like AB cars heavy on that track, and other cars heavy on the other track, just to try and keep those numbers down so nobody's disappointed. So maybe it means longer sessions, and if we get more than 10 people for that session, then the first guys out have to come in so we can get a couple more people out. Um, but we'll work it out really well so that uh, if you come out to the track, you'll be able to get on track. Nobody's left hanging and you completely missed your session. Um, 
So working on those schedules now, probably have them done by the end of the week, we'll figure out how that's gonna go. The other aspect of the racing that we're missing is the chase races. So chase races, we should have been having our, our second chase race coming up here soon. Chase races work best on the full track. With our 10 car limit, it doesn't really make sense to run the full track because you can still only get 10 cars on the full track. And with the attraction of full track, we'd have way more than 10 cars in a session. So it doesn't really make sense to do that if we separate into two tracks, well, now we can have 10 on each track. And now, you know, essentially we have 20 cars out there that are separated. So chase races will have to be rescheduled. Um, at the end of this month, we were also gonna do Springtime Speed Fest, which was a big change from what we've done in the past, where it was usually the second or third weekend in April. Cold. Weather's still a little iffy, yeah. guys' cars aren't ready, things like that. So we decided to push that much, push that back later in the year to late May, which that's a, that's a big change. Uh, and of course, best laid plans, here we go. Well, that didn't work either because now, what's the point of having Springtime Speed Fest, really? If you can't run full track, you don't have Peggy's food in the clubhouse, um, it's not really a festival. It's not really a, you It's know, not a party. Yeah, it's not a party. <laughs> so um, while we'll still have the racing that weekend, I'm not sure we're going to call that Springtime Speed Fest because it just wouldn't be the same. You know, we can't all gather and you know, eat until our heart's content out in the clubhouse. So we'll, we'll see how we're going to have to make that up. And the chase races, you know, or originally when we talked, you know, as one of the givebacks we could give to members was going to be some additional full track days. Um, so we'll still look into that, see if we can do that. Uh, and we've got some other creative ideas as well, too, we can add. But right at this moment, you know, like I said, it doesn't make sense to have those full track days. So once we know when, how the rest of the schedule is going to play out, we'll make up those chase races for sure. Um, will we do, if we can't get on, will we do a chase race on, half, on South Track, for example? Well, so the chase races, so last year we, we started splitting the chase races into two groups. It was pro and novice. And this year what we said is the, the pro group has to all be licensed racers. So that's a big difference, and that gets us freedom, gives us freedom as well, too, because if they're licensed racers, they should be able to handle doing a chase race on the south track. So even if you know, the fastest car starts two or three laps down, knowing that he's all, you know, these are all licensed racers who know how to pass and be passed, uh, that, could change the, you know, that could change how that runs. For the novice group, where you're talking street cars, um, some less experienced people, but also some pe people that don't want to be part of something so intense, uh, that wouldn't really make sense because now you've got a lot of passing going on, a lot of traffic. Um, I don't think that'd be the best route to go, so I think we'll save those for full track. Hmm. Yeah, my wife, who second or third, I think she got in her rookie season for the chase race. Chase race. Yeah, yeah. And chase race. Chase race. Champ down at the car track, too. Yeah, we don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> why, don't we, why don't we talk about that, John? Never mind. So, uh, yeah, she's she's just chomping at the bit. To, I got numbers for her chase race card today. And okay. I put numbers on it. And make it all oh, on the, on the Kenneth? Yeah. So, Did you do the big white? Uh, no, just numbers. Maybe. Are they Dayglo? I don't no, they're, just, <laughs> they're indigo. They're the indigo with the lights. They should be pink. They should like be the Lamar cars. They should be pink. So, um, more importantly, uh, no, not more importantly, equally importantly, uh, is there is a new rule for carding, new equipment rule, right? Will that be in, in fact mandatory this plug? weekend? Two new things. <laughs> two new things. There's a new spark plug requirement for 206 racing. Something uh, Margate. Briggs 206 Racing. Okay. I don't know if you guys are going to 
I think they are. Okay, so that's implemented too. So you're going to have to get a different spark plug for Sunday in your 206 uh, car. Talk to Mario. Talk to Mario and Alan and (laughs) And Kyle, Kyle. I guess, yes. In addition to that, there's a requirement for the front bumper. What are they called? Bump? Pushback bumper. Pushback bumpers. And that will be instituted also? Yep. And that's all the way instituted into the chase race as well on the kart track. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, for so Kyle, because I was trying the, to get out of spending money. The pushback money. bumper, um, not everyone's going to have that for this first race. Okay, so that's not a requirement so, for the first race. Right, so I would, I would call it more of an experiment and everyone okay. to, to get to know it and how it's going to work. And, and In essence, that's a, uh, a, a it extends the bumper a little, an inch or two or something? A little bit. So, that, so the bumper, uh, for, for lack of a better way to explain it, the bumper sits on a notch on the mounting. And if there's contact with another cart... It jumps off that notch and sits on the next notch. Um, and it so drops you, down, you can so tell. You can, so you can tell if you ran into somebody. It's pretty <laughs> obvious. Uh, there's many other karting series that use that, and it's a it's a go no go. If your bumpers push back, you're disqualified. So no rubbing is not racing. Simple as that. Rubbing is not racing. In, Despite in, what Tom Cruise would tell you, rubbing is not racing. In those instances uh, where it's clear, does it matter? Is it clearly not your fault when the guy in front of you spins out? Or slams his brakes on to. I mean, we, we have. I, no, I think I think I think that's I why Kyle's some, down there to. I think there's exceptions I think there's to every some, rule. Okay, yeah. Uh, you have something planned? <laughs> no, <laughs> me. Because <laughs> no, last no, time no, we went no, like no. this, no, no, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> before the pass, and I win. Yeah. So Kyle just sent out uh, an email to all the cart racers. So I would say the same thing. If you didn't, if you're a carter and you did not receive that email from Kyle Friday on Friday on Friday. Then I would suggest uh, getting hold of Kyle. Kyle is the chief steward for our karting series. So, so I'm the race director and look over all of it. And then Kyle is second in command as chief steward for the karting. And so he also in that email sent out the revised rule book. Now, I think the, the Margie spark plug thing, that's pretty new, right? Yeah, March. Well, March. So it's this year. February. 2020. Somewhere, somewhere, somewhere okay. around that. Okay. Basically, it's a spark plug that you cannot... Change gap. the gap. I don't think it's ungappable. Yeah, it's ungappable. I guess. <laughs> New word. So the <laughs> so the treated. electrode that's in the center, right, yes. has three surrounding uh, connectivity points around the spark. It's re- it's really weird looking. Three connectivity points as opposed to just gapping across. Okay. That little hook at the bottom, the little L-shaped, J-shaped hook at the bottom. I don't know. We'll find out if Kyle's going to implement that right away. If it's, you know, because, I mean, technically the car track opens tomorrow. Tomorrow. Th- actually today as you listen to this podcast. Right. So, you know, we'll see how everything plays out. And, we'll, you know, there's a lot of, we'll figure out how to do social ga- get distancing down there. Because it's a family, as you know, down there. And i got to figure out For how sure. to lift a 320-pound gold car oh. off my cart stand by myself <laughs> you sound pretty burdened we you know it's the gun shell <laughs> oh my gosh oh, we, go. we loaded so, up I put an extra 20 18 pounds on my son's he gets on the scale and goes oh I've lost 8 pounds like what I'm like, ding dong what yeah so look, I put 18 extra pounds on his cart yesterday yeah cause he's moving up He's moving up. He's no longer a junior. He's a senior. Yep. Oh, he's a senior this year. That's right. By choice. He could choose, you know, he could choose either way. One of the things that's going to be great about seeing uh, the kart track this weekend of the first race is all the kids get bigger every year. I just experienced this uh, with my son with motocross. We were at the track this Saturday, and all the kids he raced against 
they're all so much bigger than they were last year, you know? And it's, it's always the same every year at the kart track. There's, there's kids that come, you don't even recognize them anymore because they change so much over the winter, you know? So that's a lot of fun to see those guys. Yep. Um, one other thing I'll add, though, is that for, for guys who store their cart with us in the shop, I encourage you to reach out ahead of time uh, to Alan. Don't expect to show up on race day and think your cart's ready. Reach out ahead of time because obviously they've got to go through some protocols as well that they didn't have before uh, for safety. So make sure you give him plenty of time to know that you're going to race this weekend, you need your cart prepared, or you just need it off the, off the rack or whatever. Make sure you reach out to Alan and get that ASAP. Because, I mean, I was just talking to Mario about that. And, that the entrance to the garage is going to be a little bit different, that right. you can and can't no enter. No one allowed in the garage. Yeah, so definitely make your phone calls to Alan and, and get that set up for you as quickly as possible. Alan Bertignoli. Thank God you said that one because I can't – it's just Alan. Card manager and <laughs> Mario Santiano, yes. the chief mechanic, I guess we went. And Brett. We can't forget Brett. Brett, the assistant – manager yes yes so any of those three people reach out to them and just like the big trek reach out to you or kyle there how do we get a hold of you yeah how do we get a hold of you email is usually the easiest way um, but i don't mind people texting me as well so all of our email addresses here are name at auduboncc.com so mine is mike britter m-i-k-e-g-r-i-t-t-e-r at auduboncc.com uh, and my number is 815-651-0758. It's all listed on the webpage underneath the staff thing, but uh, I don't mind people calling me, texting, whatever. Um, yeah, audubonmembers.com. New, new website. It's audubonmembers.com. Mm-hmm. Click on the staff, and everybody's name pops up right there. Yeah. Is that a show? I think so. It's a show? Send us out. You have the, you're the professional. What do you mean? Oh, you want me to do my radio DJ voice? Yeah, we, I mean, actually, you actually have education in... Well, that's all the wife. <laughs> she takes absolutely well, she's no su- anything on this, you know. Well, she's super-duper professional. Yeah. Long-time professional uh, yep. radio personality. Yep. And current radio personality. And current, here in Juliet. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. On Star 96.7. Yeah. And your son's on the radio quite a bit. Yes. Spencer. Yep. So, we're all good now. Yeah. But, no, we thank you for coming out, man. We appreciate I, it. Hopefully we covered everything that we needed to cover. Yeah, I think so. Let's um, go. I think we need to look at John's new Mustang, Get that. see what that thing looks like, sounds like. For sure. Does it start? Yeah, yeah, Fingers yeah. crossed. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's no gas gauge. Is this indicative of race cars? There's no gas gauge. I would say many race cars have a gas gauge that doesn't work. <laughs> I have no idea how much fuel's in there. There's no way to know. And then once you run out of fuel... There's so much, was it heats up? There's so much pressure and there's no, some venting issue. You can't pour, it takes like trickles of gas to, as it's warmed up. This is, I, I don't understand it. So I'm trying to get a hold of a guy that before I go out for a 25 minute session, what kind of gas mileage do I get so I don't want to run out in turn two? Weigh it? I guess you could. Well, that's what they do. They, they drain the fuel all the way out. They weigh it for a race and they weigh the fuel and then they put it in. I'm just me. <laughs> and I a gas can. And a gas can. So <laughs> I'm trying to get hold of a guy and say, how much fuel do I put in for a 25-minute session? And I just always know that I was – I don't know. I would, I would guide you to our expert extraordinaire, Tony Kester, and he can help you <sighs> figure out. He, he's, he's, he's done everything. He's been with the, the big teams. He's worked by himself. Um, so he can relate to the, the solo unit, I'm sure, and help you figure it out. 
but it should be ready to go with fuel and uh, well, once I get fuel, we got new oil, got new transmission fluid. Eight tires. I do have new tires. I'm still running the old, the same old tires. Oh, there goes. Uh, I will be running Pirelli Square Tens. It's got new wheels too. Square eighteen inch square <laughs> ten they're round. tires. Around. <laughs> I don't and, want to call them square. Uh, they're rounding, sticky. Brown, black, and yeah, they're super expensive tires. But I guess um, race teams use this Pirelli tire. And they sell them for dirt cheap, so... Used ones, yeah. Yeah, like 100 bucks a set or yeah. something. So yeah, you I'm, get a good connection with that. I'm going to probably stay with that. Stay with, I never heard of this, but everybody says, yeah, go get... I don't know. I'm just making it up as we go. <laughs> there you go. So, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank we'll you see guys. everybody out I, I like at the track. Podcast and, you know, one of the reasons I like it is I like to be able to get information out. So, uh, this is a good tool to do that. All right, cool. Weekly, we, should be, it could be your weekly press conference. Press conference. Press conference. I mean, <laughs> like, like our governor does at 2.30 every, yeah. every day. Yeah. We can have Mike Grinner on at 2.30 every day yeah, giving yeah. us an update on All the right. track. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye. You've been listening to Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, Club member John Graybill opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Join us next time for Autobahn Country Club Podcast.